You know, guys, when you get to be our age, finding the motivation to get back in shape can be hard. It's just plain tough to find a routine and to stick with it. Good news. FitBod is a fitness app that is anything but routine. It tailors your workouts to fit your life, your goals, your gear, and even your schedule, so you can avoid burnout. And FitBod helps keep up your momentum by mixing in different exercises, reps, supersets, and circuits. Best yet, FitBod has over 1,000 demonstration videos, so you can learn the right way to do each exercise. It's time to ditch the boring routines and kickstart your fitness journey. Add FitBod to your workout essentials. Join today to get your personalized workout plan. Get 25% off your subscription or try the app for free at fitbod.me slash Zabe. That's F-I-T-B-O-D dot M-E slash Zabe. They say a perfect postseason is impossible. But I say, if you're 6 and 0 combined, why not make a run yeah. for perfection? Hey, I guarantee we can go undefeated. Let's just quit now. <laughs> quit now. How can we quit now when we are seeing these games as if we have x-ray vision? Twin three and O's. I got a lot of people, Mister X, saying when I heard you guys both emphatically on the same three games, I actually put in a bet at my bookie for the first time ever and hit my parlay. And to that, I say, great. Now you expect more of that. I thought you were going to say they went against us. Good. (laughs) No, I swear to God, I got three or four people that say that actually emailed me saying. When I heard it, I actually fired in a bet. <laughs> and they're not yeah. normally gamblers. And I'm like, great, yes. great. So now you just want that all the time. But that could yeah. be hard to replicate. Um, and you, if, if, you, uh, well, not, if you listened to me last week after you made those three, I was hemming and hawing and hemming and hawing because I didn't know what to say because I was like, yeah, that's what my paper says. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah, you know, every now and then, uh, two great minds think alike. A lot of times, though, it's a it's a red red sky at night, sailors delight, or no, red sky in the morning, sailors warning. Whatever the case is, normally it's like, okay, look out, something is wrong here, something yeah. is off. So that said, in addition, for those who subscribe to Mister X's uh, weekly newsletter at callmemrx.com, you also had a big recommendation on the Rams on Monday night. In fact, Dano. Dubbed it a rubber band special, meaning yes. go to the sock drawer where you get that whole big wad of cash, take the rubber band off of it, and go play it on the Rams. And I just kept in my my mind on that as I'm watching the game, going, "Son of a bitch, the yeah. boys, the boys knew something." What did you know about Monday night? Let's start there. Well, a couple of things. First of all, that that rubber band cliche is, you know, 30 years old when they used to actually do that. Now it's just point and click. It's not really the same. (laughs) But and when you do, we had two rubber bands this weekend, which is really, really odd for us because he rubber banded the Rams and I rubber banded the Chiefs. So it was a real big week for us. But, you know, when you do it, you're supposed to sit there at the end of the first quarter like you did on Monday and go. 
Yeah, that I'm on the right side. <laughs> yeah, I got this one. Did you I mean, feel you never, that? You did you feel that way? Something. Did you feel that way with Kansas City because they started slow and then they gave the Steelers a touchdown, yeah. a seven nothing lead? Yeah, I, I didn't. I can't say that I really felt nervous because the whole premise of that rubber band was Pitt can't score, and the Chiefs were going to get there sooner or later. Was it after the first five possessions they scored six straight touchdowns? They'd get theirs, and so it didn't really bother me that they had a. Actually, you almost want a zero-zero first quarter and have them, or and kind of getting them focused, uh, as opposed to jumping out and coasting in some way. So it didn't bother me. But the Rams, yeah. as far as what was it on the Rams? As Dano said in the write-up, it wasn't that he was betting on the Rams as much as he was betting uh, this Cardinal team is not going to compete, and he was dead right. You know, uh, God, they were terrible, weren't they? Yeah, they they were bad on multiple fronts. I did not know of the trend of Cliff Kingsbury finishing seasons as badly as he has. Like I went through that yesterday with Jay on the podcast, and I'm like, and Jay's been anti Cliff Kingsbury for a long time. I don't know what to say about the kind of job he's doing, but I do know that it's pretty rare for a guy like that to get an NFL job. So he could be a huge imposter. Well, that team sure has turned around. And, you know, four or five years ago, I mean, you know, it takes, you got to do it in steps. You don't always go all the way at once. I um, guess. But have you, did you not hear the stats on Cliff Kingsbury's oh, end I of year numbers? But I always see two sides of that. I hear, oh, look what he's done at the end of the year. And I think, well, he overperformed before that because they weren't very good this year. But, you know, so you can look at that coin on either side. The bigger thing is Murray. And I said this uh, yesterday as well. I said, you know, there is a disturbing trend line of one-slash-one quarterbacks who are not worthy of being the 1-1. One, one. And you may not even be able to continue with. Like, if the Browns get out of Baker Mayfield, And if the Cardinals end up getting out of Murray, then that'll be three straight 1-1s going back to Winston that teams have said, you know what, we're out. And that's pretty unprecedented. Yeah. You know, you got to wonder there if maybe the same person taken 110 they have patience with, but there's just so much of an expectation on 1-1 that maybe you pull that a little quick you know what i mean yeah i mean this is a league where we want competency not excellence uh you know you just need a competent qb and there's just not that many excellent ones that come along but here's the thing though Uh, you and i would like competent QBing. most teams and most fan bases are still hunting for the quarterback that has god mode and not only are they really hard to find i don't know if they're making them anymore no. How many of them are there that you think, you know, had a little bit of look-see like they were going to be? And then you're like, yeah, no, we were wrong. Yeah. Like a Lamar Jackson. There's, or, you know, yeah, there's three. A little while you say, hey, he's a franchise. And then you're like, right. yeah, but I want him to be my franchise. Yeah, there's three God Mode quarterbacks right now with a possible fourth emerging. Rodgers, Brady, Mahomes, and Josh Allen. He's pretty close. He's tickling God Mode with how he played. Let's pivot to that game while recapping last week's action. We jump into Mr. X's Patriot Nightmare where the water is warm and bubbling. Not only did Josh Allen put on that kind of display and give Patriot fans a glimpse of, say, the next 10 years in the division, but Belichick turned 69, and who knows how much longer he's going to coach. He said basically, sorry about the alarm, by the way. Uh, That's gone off twice. Did you hear that, by the way? Nope. Nope. 
You good. did not. Interesting. Did not. I guess I wonder if it'll come through on the podcast. Anyway, um, uh, Belichick said he didn't want to coach deep into his 70s. He'll be 70 next year. Is this going to be a major walk in the woods for the Patriots once Belichick's done? Well, I mean, how can anyone follow in that? But I guess when you take the tree that he has, there's so many guys that can come in after. Not even. By the way, do you have a theory as to why his tree has not borne NFL coaching fruit? No, not really. I mean, I could make a few up, but then none of them really make sense. If you can't learn from him, I don't know what you're doing. But And it's like so many guys apparently did not learn from him. Or maybe a lot of guys got hired under the notion of, well, he must be pretty good. Look at the job he's doing in New England when it was really just Belichick and Brady and they were coattail riding. Okay, how about this one? Point is, yeah, he he got started because he was the best defensive mind in in a generation. But what really has made him good as far as what do you learn from him, I think has a lot to do with his GM quote responsibilities. There's nothing I've seen in my life that was smarter than when Belichick said years ago, I would rather cut a guy a year too soon than a year too late. And everybody else, you let a guy go and he excels on another team and everyone says, oh, my God, how could you do that? And Belichick's theory was, yeah, okay, it was a year too soon, but I knew he was going down there and he wasn't going to be good for long. Nobody else has the ability or the, the job security to make those mistakes. When you're a GM and you cut a guy, you better hope he doesn't excel on another team or it looks really bad. Belichick has has had the gut instinct of knowing when to do that mm-hmm. and having the backing of an organization to allow him to do that. And I think that's probably one of the most valuable things he's had. And that's not really something you pass on down to an assistant. Cause when you're that assistant getting your first gig, you don't get that sort of um, clout right out of the chute. Yeah. And, so then, burn, yeah. and then there's the question of, Will Mac Jones become some facsimile of the next Brady? Well, I I actually, of course not. I actually was not. I thought he was getting uh, very unfairly blamed on um, Saturday night. I did not feel like Matt Jones was bad in that game at all. Well, the the, the Patriot defense was atrocious. They literally forced only two negative plays. All night, yeah. minus the inner, minus the incompletions and the kneel downs. There's like yeah. two. Yeah, but those two were good. <laughs> no. no, they were they were absolutely god awful. I mean, seven drives and seven touchdowns. You just can't say anything else. The point there is, you know, on that first drive, Jones looked good, and then we saw the best interception I've seen in the league in a number of years. Uh, that first uh, interception ends up yeah. just unbelievable. Right. And the point there is, by the time he gets the ball for his fourth time, they're down 28-3, to three, and the game is over at that point. You know, Mahomes' first five drives was two turnovers and three punts, and it's, you know, you're still in a, in a game. Mac Jones has a field goal, two punts, and, and you're like, well, the game's over, 28-3. So he really didn't get the chance. But the best comment I saw all week, I'm kidding, is, the post game, Steve Smith, not the not Stephen A, but the football player Stephen right. Smith. My God, he actually went on a rant about the Patriots' problem was they had no big play wide receivers. Oh God! 
I'm like, okay. he gave up seven touchdowns in seven possessions. What, well, are, what are you watching? That, but that's who he is. I mean, when you're when you're that guy, it's like the old axiom: when all you have is a hammer, everything looks like a nail. Mm-hmm. So, uh, let's start with the first game: the Raiders and Bengals. Bengals win twenty-six to nineteen. They cover. Oh, by the way, favorites went five and one against the spread this past weekend. Uh, yes. Historically. What has the trend been? I know we've only got two years of the super wild card weekend, but what has the trend been during wild card weekend for favorites? You know, I don't remember last year offhand because this is the first year we've really had this format. I mean, the okay. second year we've had this format. Yeah. First of all, yeah. forget the gambling ang- angle. Duh, okay. Since since seven seeds are now 0-4 in two years, uh, yeah. do we have too many teams in the playoffs? Did you not have fun watching them? <laughs> I did. I love the shit out of betting Tampa Bay and Kansas City. Why would I not want to do that again next year? Okay, but I mean, yes. Philly oh, and Pittsburgh. Philly okay. and Pittsburgh were such weak. It was too easy. Seeds. Too easy. It was too easy. Yeah. It was unfair. You know, during the, yeah, during the year, you get a little Tampa minus whatever it was, seven and a half at Philly, and you wonder if they're flat. But you get in a playoff game. And you know you're going to get, you know, the number two seed. And by the way, these two seats had the same records as the one seed. It's just a, you know, Tampa and Green Bay had the best record. They have to do a tiebreaker. So sure, sure. Then you take and say, okay, you get Philly. You're not going to be flat in that playoff. You're getting the best team's best game. It was too darn easy. So, but if you say that's too many teams in the playoffs, well, well, well don't watch. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> you don't Did, have to. Well, it's only going to expand. They're going to go to eight. Right. Eight and eight at some point. And they're going to go to 18 weeks. And they may even add two more franchises to the league. And they may sure. do it in a way in which they play half of their games overseas, yet they're based in the States. Like, that would be the way to add two more franchises. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, I've got to ask you, this is out of my lane, but, well, I guess money's money, but do you do you make more when you have two more teams? Yes. I mean, yes. starting, starting, with, starting with an expansion fee that will be close to a b- 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 billion yeah. dollars. Yeah, you know how many, guys, I mean, you do know. you know how many uh, uh, Premier League Saudi billionaires, owners, would love to get an ownership stake in an NFL team? That plays well, eight of its games in London or Mexico City and the other eight in the States. And is well, based somewhere like, oh, I don't know, Orlando, a no-tax makes, state that would make them competitive. I'm just yeah. spitballing here on yeah. how to do it. You, you don't you don't give a franchise to one city like London uh, and you don't make the team live there and their families <laughs> live there. You just you, you outsource it. You know? Yeah, I suppose. I guess just, you know, the the good old boy club, I'm not sure they want to bring in what you're saying, but true money's money. So well, they, they would highly vet whoever their partner would come in. Yeah, anyway, they want more guys like themselves. Yeah, I mean, look, it, when you ask a question, do you make more with two more teams? The answer is yes. This is, this is a giant blob rolling downhill that wants to absorb everything in its path and then some. Fair. So anyway, all right, so... um. Let's talk about first of all the layout of the games this weekend. Did you like? Well, wait, the on layout? your Cincy game note, you wanted? Yeah, sure. Why not? Two, three, one. I thought it was great. And the later starts were okay for you as well. 
Sure. Who needs to get up early for this? Nah, I, yeah. Okay, I agree on that. All right, yeah. so the Raiders-Bengals game had two notable things to discuss. One would be the inadvertent whistle and okay. the lying-ass liars that Walt Anderson <laughs> and the league are, which is breathtaking but doesn't shock me. And the second is the Raiders spiking the ball on first down when they would have had an extra shot at the end zone with about 30 seconds to go. Yeah, you know, good story for Cincinnati, great 30 years, whatever, all that. But everybody who thinks that was a great pick, I mean, that was a dead-even game start to finish. It, it changed when the moron fielded the kick on the two out-of-bounds that really swung the game early. Okay. If you remember the first quarter when the guy caught it and stepped out on the two. Yeah. Barber, I think it was. But on the whistle, you know what? I'm sorry. I, everybody who's saying the play stopped – is not accurate. I, I, you know, I wa- you watch that thing frame by frame, and at the moment you hear the whistle, that ball is five, maybe six yards into the end zone. It's going to be caught. Oh no, it you're is going to be caught. You're right. And people say people stopped. You know what they stopped? They stopped their post play celebration. <laughs> Offense didn't celebrate. Yes. Defense looked around like, hey, wait, what was the whistle? They did not stop during the play. So what you have is technically speaking, that rule is inadvertent whistle, take the legitimate touchdown away from Cincy, and then we'd be spending this whole week saying stupid freaking rule costs the Bengals a game instead of stupid refs didn't call the rule by the book. I think we're better off with the latter. There was no reason. So, you know, did the refs follow the rule book? No, they didn't. Did anything come out wrong? No, it didn't. So yeah. I'm okay with that. They just I, can't I, say, well, yeah. we decided to use judgment and and not count that. I mean, right. I, I agree with you that the play was a touchdown. It was going to be a touchdown. The defender for the Raiders was clearly beat. It wouldn't matter if there was no whistle. But the technical rule is that is a no play. So they ignored yeah, – the letter of the law, which rubs a lot of people the wrong way. Cause that, yeah. you know, either, either you're, you're a, a league that follows your own rules or you're just a league that makes it up as you yeah. go along. Yeah. And, you know, but I guess the bottom line is I'm okay with it. You know, that just reminded me of coaching little league baseball one time on a, on a right as my kid threw a pitch, the, the PA system just went off with a high squeaky shrill yeah. right in everybody's ear. And a kid swings and misses at a high fastball. The ump calls no pitch because of the noise. So I very nicely walked in. And I said, well, why didn't that count? He said, well, there was a big noise. And I said, if right. he'd hit a home run, would you have taken it away from him? And he said, well, he didn't. <laughs> and that was the end of that. <laughs> oh, God. Funny how, too, these calls seem to always go against the Raiders, whether it's the immaculate yeah. reception, the tuck rule, this call now, put it on the pile. Somewhere Al Davis is just living. I'll tell you what, you still got it in for us Raiders. It's unbelievable. I got my coach fired with that email thing, and now this. Yeah, but it's really hard as a Raider. I mean, hey, I, I, you know, a lot of fans or listeners, when they hear this, they assume whenever you have an opinion that you had a bet. I took the Raiders in that game, and no part of me said, yeah, don't count that touchdown. I mean, it just—it was the right thing to do. Okay. What was the second thing about the game you asked? Well, they oh, they, spiked, they spiked it on first down. They got down to the seven or eight first yeah. and goal, thirty spiked. seconds left, and they spiked it. Now I would have yeah. been tight. You know, short passing plays are four to seven second plays. Right. 
So you do the math on that. Of course, they only need one second left for that fourth squeeze. But here's what people are forgetting. You draw draw a DPI. Now you got a new set of downs. You're going to wish that you hadn't budgeted to use every second left in the game. Yeah, that's true. I, you know, it's a lost art. It used to be to ground the ball. You'd you, run up to the line. You'd have to throw it over the head of a guy on the outside. On the side. Yeah. But what they would do is they'd do a five-yard sideline pattern. If he's covered, throw it over his head. If he's open, take the five. You yeah, know, they wouldn't. They wouldn't let you just spike it to stop the clock. They changed well, but what that I mean is, you yeah. wanted to take. You would take the look for the five yards, and if it's not there, throw it out of bounds. Well, I think two, they did. Seconds. I think they did that because the rule did not allow you to just clock it. Right, but what I'm saying is they've lost the the, the QBs don't sure. do that anymore. They just stop the clock. Right. I liked the look for the five. If it's not there, throw it away. And instead of one second, you spent three, but you you had a shot at a yeah. sideline. So I don't know. I don't, I don't think I don't think that play is worth the extra three to four seconds possibly. And I don't think much. it's I don't think it's worth risking an interception when you're just trying to clock it. I don't think it's worth having your wide receiver tackled in bounds. But anyway, yeah, well, I digress. usually so, if there's anything yeah. close, you throw it away. But now, yeah. why did you know? Did I think they? I was watching them, and did I think they should ground it there? No, I thought you 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 take the snap. Nobody's open. You throw it out of the end zone. It, it, it takes you three seconds instead of one, but you get a free look. Yes, yeah. I think that was a mistake. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, uh, should the Raiders uh, hire Rich Passaccia as their head coach full time? You know, they're obviously not going to, right? But I mean, they fired Mayock, and again, back to we don't know what's really Go who's on. rubbing who wrong. But this is an organization that was really bad. And unless you just want to kind of do the you're in charge and everything fell apart, you know, why did you sign Gruden? Why did you draft Ruggs? Why did you do that? If you want to do that, the top guys in charge and the organization trouble, fine. But I was a little surprised that um, he's kind of taking the heat on this one. The answer is no. You never hire the inner, the substitute teacher. <laughs> Don't just say he did a great job for nine games. The, yeah. the league properly assessed him as a good NFL lifer who's a position coordinator guy yeah. <laughs> not a head coach and not just because he did a good job keeping the class together for nine weeks while the regular teacher was out okay well um, yeah bottom yeah. line he's gonna bring in a new gm he's gonna bring in his own guy anyway so yes right. we talked patriots bills that was the second game of the weekend we move ahead to further action as they say back in the old days to sunday the eagles were absolute ass warmed over against the buccaneers trailing at one point 31 to nothing yeah it was that one was too easy, and um, I, you know the line went down on that to like seven at game time because Why? of Fournette being out. I think it was Fournette, oh, yeah, right? But I knew that they were getting Bernard back, so I was like, you know, this is this is just too easy. That one was a, a great late run the other way. I don't know what it was. I mean, Philly, Philly and Dallas both were products of their schedule, and. Um, both overrated. But I did think of one thing during that Tampa game when I was listening to Troy Aikman. Yes. And I'm tired of beating up on him. It's just too easy. But I did think of one thing different um, while he was busy narrating all replays. And, and you've done it again. <laughs> Once you stick these things in our heads, I know. they don't go away. I, I can no it. longer listen to Al Michaels without thinking about and him. And a touchdown. Yeah. <laughs> I can't do it. And now I can't listen to Aikman. Good job but, by him. Yeah, that was good. Everybody had a good job. But what I thought of is when you watch Collinsworth, 
he's enjoying his job. It's fun to do football. When you watch Romo, he's smiling, laughing, and he's enjoying his job. You watch Aikman. He just looks like angry. his suit's too tight, and he's angry, and he's and he's yeah. unhappy, and it's like this sucks. And it's like you got one of the best jobs in the world, dude, and and you're angry. Yeah, and <laughs> he was angry he wasn't doing the cowboy game. And yeah. have you noticed how bloodshot his eyes look every <laughs> no. time? Well, take a look. Once you see it, you no, won't I'm be sorry. able to unsee it. <laughs> yeah, I just I just feel like. He's so stiff and, and he angry. Stiff. Oh, stiff the other guys enjoy the he, he, you know, Aikman comes off as a guy where if you were seated next to him in first class on a coast-to-coast flight, you would actually ask if there's a seat open in coach to get away from him. <laughs> That's how he is to me. He is, he is an absolute drip. And in addition to just narrating replays, the other thing that he likes to do for his quote analysis – is to surmise or guess what might have happened if this player hadn't slipped or if that player had caught it or if the pass was a little bit further ahead of him. This is not analysis. Yeah. You don't know. Yeah. I just feel like Joe Buck is stuck working with – everybody else is like enjoys the game. Yeah. Joe Buck is stuck just as a part of a team that's just miserable. Yeah, that's uh, it's not good. You know, we're driven by the search for better. When it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't help you just hire faster. 93% of employers agree. Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites. This according to a recent Indeed survey. Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash Zabe. Just go to Indeed.com slash Zabe right now and support the show by saying you heard about it right here on this podcast. Indeed.com slash Zabe. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Okay, uh, let's move on then to the last game we're going to talk about before this week because we've already dealt with the Rams crushing the Cardinals. And that was the Niners and the Cowboys. Both of us had the upset. Many other people on the public side had this upset. And it played out exactly as many of us said that the Cowboys were a high-scoring, front-running, regular-season kind of team, and that they lacked the grit and toughness when it mattered. And boy, did that sure show itself. 14 penalties, a ton of them pre-snap, which is totally inexcusable, and then a play at the end of the game that I know you're going to get to that will be talked about for years. Yeah, you know, I, I don't mean to be hindsightful here, but on Friday... I watched like three 49er and Cowboy games. That's why I told you, you know, one of the reasons I don't always have stuff to last minute is it takes time to watch some of these games. And when I watched them, I was like, one team's good, mm-hmm. one team's not. I didn't think they 
the Cowboys were the better team. The Cowboys remind me of the college team that just runs it up on the bad teams for the polls. I mean, putting up the 50 burgers versus bad teams. Sure. They're a good game. They're, you know, they're halfway decent opponents. They never looked good in the second half of the year on Thanksgiving. And so I thought that one just, I upgraded the heck out of that one on um, the last 12 hours because I was just, everything I was watching made me think San Fran was going to win. Now San Fran looked a whole lot like they did in the Super Bowl versus KC where they just dominated for a while and then they seemed to just be waiting for the clock to go away and I was getting a little nervous because they they kind of seemed to take the foot off the gas and that was a little bit alarming you would thought he'd learn his lesson after the Super Bowl but now for the record um you know the uh oh, I was going to say for the record oh yeah for the record Dak Prescott has apologized I wanted to bring this up because I criticized him for the whole comments regarding the refs and throwing stuff at him. He apologized on Twitter, took full ownership of it, said he's got to be better. I think that was a fine apology. I'm back to square with Dak Prescott. I'm not anti-Dak. I think he's a solid dude. I think he played like shit. And I thought the comments were out of frustration. They were embarrassing. I'm glad he mopped it up, but uh, that was bad. Now let's talk about the play though. What'd you think about the play call? Well, let me add one thing to your last comment. Both McCarthy and Dak were very bitter and refs and blah, 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 little kid stuff after the game. While the Raiders, who really got jobbed, their coach was couldn't have been better when he said, ah, one play didn't decide the game. We had a whole game to catch up. Really? That dude was good. The Cowboys were the opposite end of that spectrum. Now, back to the play. I don't know. I've often felt in this situation you know, give me 12, 14 seconds, and I can maybe do even three Hail Marys. And they always get 10 yards closer, eight yards closer, and do one Hail Mary. I, I don't buy the odds of that. If you're throwing it 35 or 40 or 50, it's the same pass. <laughs> it's still a jump ball. Right. It's not a like 30-yard jump ball. is easier than a 45. So I've always felt, get me down to 15, and I'll do like two seven seconds, and maybe I have one left over. So, yes, I do think that was the thing to have done there. But they're not the only team that doesn't seem to get that. I mean, I've watched that all year, and teams don't Hail Mary till the last play. So I think it's wrong to not have done it sooner, but they're a copycat doing what everybody else does. Now, on the actual run, though, I don't think that that play really was a stupid call. I think it was poorly executed. You're supposed to run for 10 yards, get down. He went for 17, and they pushed it too tight. And they lollygagged, and and they put it down in the wrong spot, forcing the umpire to go ahead and change the spot, which was the one second that they needed most, and it killed him. They still almost got it off. I mean, they got to hand him the ball. The ball was in Dak's hands when the clock hit zero. So it was super close. Yeah. Well, a lot of people were arguing. That's what I didn't get. They were arguing like, ah, oh, they should have allowed him to get that off. Okay. Well, it's got funny. it off. It's wiped it. It's over. <laughs> they, they, yeah. They, they allow, the funny thing is they allow you to get close enough on the play clock. Yeah. You know, that's their policy. They're like, we don't always call split second play clock. You have to be like 30 seconds and a second after that. When they're, you know, right. But as far as the game clock, they're more strict. And so it was technically correct. I got to tell you one thing now. This might be geeking it out here a little, but I've all I thought for just a heartbeat of a second that I saw what I've always wanted to see, and that is this: the Niners were in that sideline prevent. If you if you take a look at the snap, you got three man rush. 
They got three men down each sideline, 5, 15, and 25 yards down. And that leaves three across the back in the end zone. It's kind of a, it's like a box of three, of four threes. Yeah. Now, we all want to see, oh, jump ball, we had a chance. But I'll tell you what, I would go right down the middle of that field and try to break a tackle and get in the end zone with a bunch of receivers leading that block. And the guys on the sideline are all of a sudden going, hey, wait, I thought I was supposed to protect the sideline. You got three men across the back, and you got guys scrambling to come from the sideline. If your five wide receivers run straight down the middle and Dak's following them, I think he has a shot to get in the end zone, and you're busy protecting the sideline. I've always wanted to see teams try that. And when Dak broke the line, I said, oh, my God, he's going to score. <laughs> and then they slide, and they're out of time. So they weren't trying to do what I th- I've always said, okay, Zay, replace your 5-0 lineman with five tight ends. Now we can run down the field, throw some blocks, and maybe we get in the end zone. Better <laughs> chance than the Hail Mary. Five t- yeah. Nobody carries five tight ends. And I'm not sure if tight end knows how to snap the ball accurately. Put in some running. Okay, your center, and just give me center some guys that and- lead block. Okay. Uh, you know what? That's interesting. That's an out-of-the-box. I thought Dak was going to score on that because I thought I could see six men covering the sideline, three rushing the passer, and I'm like, you got five receivers blocking for this quarterback and three guys down on the goal line. It's not impossible to break a tackle or two. And you're like, oh, that's probably not going to score. Why? Neither's the Hail Mary. So, I mean, I still think it has a shot. Me personally, anytime a team, I'm trying to defend a team from scoring late, I rush five guys minimum. Yes. And I cover with six, and I don't care. I don't know enough about football and how to cover zone, help, man, whatever. I don't give a shit. But I'm rushing five every single time. I'm never rushing three. And I'm going to take my chances with six defensive backs after rushing five. And I'm going to do just fine. I will rarely, if ever, lose a game that way. I agree with you. I think, you know, especially the longer Hail Marys, the 50-plus, where you, you have to, if you rush five, I'd rush six on a they Hail Mary. They don't have time to run to the end zone. You know, they, they, if you they, rush they, six on a Hail Mary, you've got five guys left standing in the end zone to yeah. knock it down. Yeah, well, I mean, the bottom line is you have to kill four seconds at least to get them down to the end zone. Otherwise, yeah. you know, so when you see them rush three, you're like, ah, it's, you know, it's a Hail Mary. You see them bringing five, you know they don't have time to get it off. I just don't, you're, you're exactly right on that one. Okay, here we go to the divisional round. And our picks, and I put a lot of thought in this into this uh, these picks here, you know, because after all being three and zero, I'm really thinking about a perfect postseason. Be pretty sweet to do. I might scale my picks back to just one or two picks since there's only four games, right? That'd be smart to do. So I started thinking, okay, what happens in this round? Mister X often says, pick the favorites. You'll go three and one, right? Uh, that was back when we had four by teams. We only okay. have two by teams now. Okay, so the equation has changed. That thought yes. rattled into my head as well. I then yeah. looked at the games and said, wait a minute, though. I think there's a number of dogs that are actually as good as, if not better, than the teams they're playing. And then I remember Mr. X said, stop trying to pick who's the better team. And so I said, okay, never mind. I crumpled that up and threw it away. <laughs> then I said, okay, wait a minute. What does the league want, and what would the league not tolerate? Aha. And that's when I said, the last thing that the league is going to accept 
is the Bengals and the Bills, two very small market teams, and the Niners and the Rams, two California teams with limited national audience, and they are sure as shit not going to send home Rodgers, Brady, and Mahomes. And so, therefore, I said, you know what? The league is going to say, make it happen, and it's going to happen. Now, I do believe the Packers are the best team, and they're going to cover their number. So to get greedy, I could take four favorites instead of just – or I could take all four favorites, and I'd miss one. But if I had to play only one game, I'd play the Packers minus six – against the Niners. Jimmy Garoppolo has never played a game under 40 degrees. It's going to be 10 degrees. He's got a bad thumb, a bad shoulder, and the Packers are getting guys back at this time of year, not losing guys. I think it is an ideal spot for an absolute beatdown. And so I'm just going to take all four favorites, but my lock will be the Green Bay Packers. So there you go. Four favorites, extra slice of cheese on the Packers. So that's a fifth wager. Those are my five picks. Four favorites and two on the Packers. Wow. And so I'm you're going to go 5-0 and oh on four games. Good for you. <laughs> Amazing how that is. Amazing how that now is. The, um, Unsophisticated analysis. But I'm yeah. sure you'll do better than me with the sophistication. Yeah. What do you have, Mr. X? Well, I would say, by the way, that it's early in the week. But the left tackle uh, what's for San Fran is everything. He's in the Trent walking Williams. Room. No, um, I'm not thinking Williams. Uh, who's the guy that got hurt? Oh, Wer- uh, Tristan Wirfs? Wirfs, no, right he's on, No, he's on the Buccaneers. Did I say? Yeah, you're right. Okay. He's the one that's key to this week. He's huge. I'm okay. Sorry. That's right. Not San Fran. Um, but as you just said, that conspiracy theory it just occurred to me. It's not a conspiracy. Conspiracies involve. One or four quarterbacks, whatever you call it. Conspiracies involve conspiring yeah. mr x it okay. involves getting together and talking things out and a plan and you got to do this and you got to do that it's uh-huh. it's not that it's just a preference okay so here's how smart they are the best way to make sure those teams that you say need to win win is by introducing last week the rule on the inadvertent whistle so now it's in everybody's head so when they use it this week <laughs> Then you're like, oh, yeah, I know the rule. And you don't say everyone's. So when they make that inadvertent whistle and take away that Niners touchdown or that Rams, we'll know why. And we'll know that they stuck it in our head this week because they plan to use it as needed in the fun now. Okay. Um, I will, if I had to pick one right now, you know, I have said for months that I could not understand the disrespect, the lying disrespect that the Tennessee Titans have been getting. They've been beating good teams all year. They continue to have little bitty spreads versus teams you think they should have big spreads. And it's as if Vegas keeps saying they're a 500 club. They, they beat even against the Dolphins, all these games. Now they're a three and a half, three, three and a half over Cincy yeah. coming off a of bye. That's basically saying on a neutral site, these are even teams. They might be getting Henry back. I've been riding them, and I'm going to ride them some more. So that would be where I would go. Okay. All right. And is that the only pick you're going to make for the podcast? Um, <laughs> that sounds like a yes. For I more, go to callmemrx.com.
I will say that I'm not sure I would be with you on that Packers, but I will wish you luck. Okay. If San Fran's healthy, they're, they're not healthy. Good. Yeah. Well, Garoppolo's not fully healthy. Yeah, that that's going to be a little bit hard to judge. If he's healthy, that's a that's going to be a really good game. Okay, we shall see. I will be there in person, Mr. X. Really? Yes, sir. Nice. Yes, sir. Uh, flying do up you, there, and we're going to early have... in a playoff game. No, Ale Theory is not in effect. Uh, we say, we call it the four zeros club in that case. We stay until there's four zeros on the clock. Proud. Gotcha. And, and it's a, here's the thing. It's a Saturday night, which is glorious. So literally, yeah, we could stay out late drinking and sleep in Sunday and then wake up, get some chili and some more beer and watch more football. <laughs> oh, it's going to be a great weekend. But the worst part about this weekend it's is you can see the end coming. Oh, it comes quick. Oh, it's coming yeah. quick and it's coming hard. All right, Mister X, we'll talk to you next week. Only bet as much as you can afford to win, and getting winning is nice, but getting paid is. Oh, that's even nicer. Very good. We'll see you next week. All right, bye. thank you.